Hello, welcome to Discovering Jazz. I'm Larry Sademan here in Victoria, BC. For the next 60 minutes, you and I will be listening to some great jazz and learning more about it. Hosted by Peterborough Independent Podcasters. Today, I'm introducing us to composer, arranger, and pianist Carla Blay. Carla Blay has been at the forefront of avant-garde and modern creative music since the 60s, and only this year, at the age of 85, has she been voted into Downbeat Magazine's Jazz Hall of Fame. There's a feature article in the August 2021 issue where she's interviewed and where she talks about having found her voice, a voice that has endured through all the twists and turns. Let's explore that voice as well as those twists, turns, and even the occasional straight line. Starting with the first recorded Carla Blay composition, under the name of Carla Borg. It's a record by the man she later married, Canadian-born pianist Paul Blay, and his quartet. From 1957, it's called Zero Plus One, with Paul Blay on piano, Dave Pike, vibes, Charlie Hayden on bass, and Lenny McBrown, drums. album called Solemn Meditation. That's the Paul Blay Quartet, the first recorded composition by the artist I'm featuring this week, Carla Blay. In terms of the Carla Blay voice, an article by John S. Wilson from the New York Times in January 1983 is illuminating. Wilson talks about how Blay had started much of her career as a free jazz artist, but then she decided that there was a problem with that. For her, because she'd been trying to build on African roots, which she did not have. 
ignoring her real European roots. She had been soaked in religious music, learned from her church organist father, Emil Borg, and her discovery of her real roots led her to discover the music of Kurt Weill. So, when she was commissioned by vibraphonist Gary Burton to write a suite called A Genuine Tong Funeral, that Kurt Weill and church influence reared up. She also made use of darkly colored ensembles using the tuba as a solo instrument and trombone solos that, quote, alternated between broad and snuggling or flatulent and warm and a rather ragged-sounding brass band, unquote. From that 1967 Gary Burton album, A Genuine Tong Funeral, here is the first track. It's the opening, followed by Shovels, then The Survivors, and last, Grave Train. Carla Blay with Gary Burton and a full orchestra. With Carla Blay as composer and conductor.
A Genuine Tong Funeral, a 1967 opera without words, with Gary Burton on vibraphone, Carla Blay, composer, piano and conductor, Larry Coriel, guitar, Steve Lacey on soprano sax, Gato Barbieri on tenor sax, Jimmy Knepper, or Nepper on trombone, Michael Mantler on trumpet, Howard Johnson, tuba, Steve Swallow on bass, and Bob Moses drums. You can certainly hear that Berthold Brecht and Kurt Weill influence, can't you? Now, let's talk about Carla Blay and the Liberation Music Orchestra. Bassist Charlie Hayden and Carla Blay had a musical relationship that spanned many years. You heard him uh, on that first track that I played on the Paul Blay album from 1957. Twelve years after that album, Charlie Hayden released his first album with his ensemble called the Liberation Music Orchestra. And the arranger? Carla Blay. And she continued to be involved with that very political project right to the end, even after Hayden's death. Here is something from the first album, released in 1970. It starts with a, night with a Carla Blay composition called The Introduction, followed by Blay's arrangement of the Bertolt Brecht and Hans Eisler's a song of the United Front. And again, that European gospel voice is present. <laughs> Thank you. 
the Liberation Music Orchestra, led by the late Charlie Hayden and arranged by Carla Blay. Here is some much later Carla Blay from a 2020 album called Life Goes On, with bassist Steve Swallow and saxophonist Andy Shepard, and Carla Blay on piano, the title track. Thank you. 
Let's go back to some very early Carla Bley. I started this episode with her first recorded track from 1957 by Paul Bley. Here is another of her early compositions. It's by George Russell from a 1960 album called Stratusfunk. The tune is called Bent Eagle, and being heralded by George Russell eventually led to her work being recorded by band leaders such as Jimmy Jufri, Art Farmer, Steve Lacey, and Steve Kuhn. Bent Eagle, a Carla Blay composition performed by pianist George Russell and his quintet.
Bent Eagle, a Carla Play composition played by the George Russell Quintet from 1960. Playing on that album are five students at the Lenox School of Jazz, trumpeter Al Keeger, trombonist Dave Baker, who in the future would become an important jazz educator, tenor saxophonist Dave Young, bassist Chuck Israels, and drummer Joe Hunt. Let's move now to Carla Blay leading her own band. In the early 1980s, I saw a bit of Carla Blay and her band live at the Jazz Festival in Edmonton, Alberta, called Jazz City, and I was working there as a volunteer at the time. The musicians with her, who included her her husband, Michael Mantler, plus bassist Steve Swallow and pianist Arturo O'Farrell, appear to be similar to those on this particular album from 1982 called Carla Blay Live. Here is a great and very energetic track called Blunt Object from John S. Wilson in the New York Times from 1963. I quote, Miss Blay's sense of humor is also evident in Blunt Object, a parody of private eye music that rumbles on a heavy flatfoot beat while Mr. Volante's trombone sprays the air with growling lunges. The Carla Blay Band.
Carlo Play has experimented with many different styles of jazz, even though from 1974 to 1977, she recorded three albums that came dangerously close to smooth jazz, that amalgamation of pop, easy listening, and jazz. But she still states that she's always maintained her own voice, despite what she described as all the twists and turns. This is from the last of those three albums. It's called Sextet. It's from 1987 with herself on organ, Hiram Bullock on guitar, Larry Willis on piano, Steve Steve Swallow bass, Victor Lewis on drums, and Don Alias on percussion. The tune is called More Brahms. Carla Blay.
Well, you know, since I've been playing some of Carla Blaze's compositions as recorded by others, here is Toronto flautist and soprano saxophonist Jane Bennett from her very first album from 1988 called In Due Time. And amongst her own compositions, she plays one by Carla Blaze. It's called, I don't even know if I should try to pronounce it, Altvik Linsang. And I've recorded it right from the LP, so you hear a little bit of surface noise. And I've got the LP jacket here, and uh, it's got Jane Minette on flute, Larry Kramer flugelhorn, Claude Ranger on drums, Vincent Chancy on French horn, Scott Alexander bass, and the piano of Brian Dickinson.
Isn't that lovely? Jane Bennett from her first album and a Carla Blay composition called Atvik Lingsang. That tune was originally recorded by the composer Carla Blay on one of her most critically acclaimed albums called Social Studies from 1985. But this next earlier album called Escalator Under the Hill a six-sided album released in 1971 and recorded over a three-year period and referred to as a jazz opera, was described in Stylus magazine as, now just listen to this, the greatest record ever made. In saying that, the writer Marcelo Carlin wrote the following, No protest, no social commentary, no expression of love, of grief, of hope, of despair. It is literally whatever you want to make of it. It is devoid of every quality which you might assume would qualify it to be the greatest of all records. Unquote. Now, I would love to read the full review and maybe hear the full album, which includes some great players as well as singers Sheila Jordan and Linda Ronstadt. I'm going to play a smidgen of a live version of the opera with vocalist Erica Stuckey. Then I'll take you home with a short sample from this particular album, a track called All India Radio. My name is Larry Sademan. This is Discovering Jazz. Today, a tribute to composer-arranger pianist Carla Blay. Tune in next week for some more artists who have been highlighted in Downbeat Magazine's latest critics poll. Bye for now. The chapter flavors by sticking straws into her eyes in some flux she couldn't touch in some excludable muddle whose imaginary future welcomed a continuing past past it over her head a greasy flag it strikes a grin about her hands It stars, let her see She says she'll use To have her candy washed Can't stand, you can't stand.